podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Pint of Football, where it's too hot for a joke today. My name is Professor Humidity, and this is my loyal henchman, Dehydrato. Not now, Dehydrato. Today we're going to talk about Kidderminster Harriers. Well, no, we're not. We're going to talk about Worcester City and their stadium at the time, Agborough. Yeah, what a classic. It is a classic. It was where we went the day after we went to Stafford Rangers. And just when we thought nothing could ever top Marsden Road, I'd say that I'd say that Agborough was equally as good. Agborough, on reflection, I mean, we'll obviously come across some other classics over the time we're doing this. Ground Crawler's um, poddy. But I'd say this has got to be top three. Ooh, high praise indeed. It's what got is- it all, hasn't it? What is so special? I, I wonder what is so special about it though, because like really, it's it is kind of it's basically like when you play football manager and you get like lower league ground B, and it's like two terraces either behind the goal and then like just standard seat seated stands to each side. But there's something like you know so classic about that setup, and I don't know. Yeah. Um, also. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll go on to what was so special about it, but there was obviously some one-off occurrences that we were lucky enough to see with the match, but also in terms of general stuff that's there all the time up until recently, things like the food. Yes. Yeah, I guess all these things are coloured by our our, like trips because we're not there every week. There's going to be some great banter today because we're both suffering from heat exhaustion. (laughs) Yeah. And I've had to literally sit in my back garden. You'll probably just hear birds in the background of this. Oh, no, lovely birds. <laughs> lovely bit of uh, AMSR, ASMR there or whatever it's called. If you can't hear the birds, Tom, please add some in as background noise. Okay. So it seems like I live in a really cool place. All right. Yeah, I'll do that. So, Agborough. Agborough, of course, traditionally is the home of uh, Kidderminster as you... Uh, as you sort of shot off the mark with when you're introducing it but we were lucky enough to go there and watch um, a game that was still in the conference north so I think at the time Kidderminster were a conference premier team Um, yeah because we nicknamed Blissett often oh no we're talking about Blissett again stop it continue Um, but we were lucky enough to go on the Sunday the day after for their um, ground share slash feeder club which I'm sure they probably won't appreciate me calling, but at the time that's what they were uh, for a Conference North game. I think it was my first Conference North match. And I would say to this day, probably probably my favourite division, Conference North. I reckon it's my only Conference North match. Really? I can't think of any others. You haven't been to Oh, Harris, actually, uh, Redditch. Oh, yeah. No, Redditch that... was Southernly. Uh, oh, Southern well, League. yeah, I can't think of any other one. Hmm. Um, well, I've been to quite a few, like York, um, various, but yeah, it's definitely a high standard of ground. 
and a high standard of league. For... And a high standard of gravy. Oh, God, without a doubt. Even though, you know, before moving to Staffordshire, to consider Kidderminster being in the north of anything is like, you, you'd get thrown out of Yorkshire for saying that. As you know, I consider everything north of Yate the north. Yeah. So it's it's idiots like us that make the titles for the divisions, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like the Conference North, which has Hereford in it, which and is Gloucester like... a lot of the time. Yeah. The yeah, the, the Conference North, which has Hereford in it, which is in the southwest <laughs> of the country. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. No, it isn't. <laughs> anyway, forget about Hereford, because that's our next uh, Lost Clubs episode. The elephant in the room, I guess, is the pie. Um, mm. Kidderminster had like the most legendary non-league grub available. Just these like really immaculate puff pastry pies. Oh, and they were both inexpensive and delicious. They were like they got them in a little aluminium tray, and they were like huge and succulent. And, and I don't know. Yeah. The, the other thing to add to that... I'm not as good well, at describing it, food. Well, not only did they have the delicious pies, which were um, absolutely glorious, but they also had lasagnas as well. Yeah, they basically just had everything. It was like Anything a proper little... that's nice, they just stuck it in a silver dish and served mm. it up. And I'm a big fan of that. You can look up pictures of it. It was a good... I, I think the fellow that was sort of had a catering there passed away a few years ago, unfortunately, but... Yeah. I hope I hope to God uh, he wrote it all down because it was pretty spectacular. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, that's the main. If nothing else, <laughs> I hope he's at least written down his secret recipes and like put them in his will for someone. Because I think we had uh, I think we had like um, a preseason away game at Kidderminster Rovers, either the first season back in League Two or the season after that, and everyone was just like, "Oh, I've got to get me one of those pies again." <laughs> it is. You know. One of, the, one of the good things about going down to the conference at the time. It's one of the most well-known um, pub, like you say, pub uh, ground grub in the nation. And because Kidderminster have been up and down the divisions, I guess thousands of different fans of different clubs have had the chance to actually go to an away day there. They're not like um, a classic sort of, they've been in League Two for 400 years team. They're like mm. a bounced up and down they've been as far down as sort of the uh regionals and as far up as i believe i believe they're in league two or might have been division three at the time i mean like this is uh we're not saying like it's good for football ground food like it's you, you could go in a restaurant and you'd be like yeah nice well yeah yeah you'd definitely be more happy to receive this silver tin of lasagna than you would to go to a restaurant and probably pay 30 quid for the same lasagna on a white ceramic dish with several knives and forks accompanying it. The only thing that comes close are the sweet potato pasties at Rovers, but you have to be there like at half one to get one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think Mac are a bit like that. All the decent pub food. I think all the decent like pre-match food is gone at least an hour before kickoff. <laughs> I can't really think of anything quirky to say about the ground. Like I say, it was, it's pretty. It's a pretty basic, if classic, layout. It's basic. Um, it's classic, but also I would say it's um, 
it's definitely football league standard, which yeah, when, definitely. You're like, when you're a club like Kidderminster is definitely what you aspire to. I remember when we first started doing our joint ground hops, we'd always get to a ground and be like, oh, this is uh, better than the men. <laughs> and then it oh, yeah, like, well, that applies almost everywhere. About, yeah, about 10 ground hops in, we were just like, we're going to stop saying this now because we're, we're in the Western League and we're still saying it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the only quirky thing I can think of really is that there was adverts for like local councillors and MPs like way more than you'd expect. Oh, really? He's got the leering face of like the local Tory MP. Yeah, I can't really remember that, but to oh, be these fair, weird then... things I remember. Yeah, there's only one um, controversial face that I want to talk about in this, <laughs> this entry, and the, that you're, is you're the... skirting around, skirting around the uh, the main thrust of our trip to uh, Agra, which and, was uh, the incredible refereeing performance of one Darren Strain. Oh, um, the name! Even the name. We've mentioned this name to so many people now, but. Every time I hear that name, considering my name is also Darren, to hear mm. the name Darren Strain, it still gives a little shiver down the uh, spine. I assume he's put persona non grata in the League of Darrens now. Oh, well, um, yeah. Um, Are you still chairman of that? Or is it like a rotational basis? I think it's rotated. Okay. Um, Strain actually... Um, got rid of the last two he, he gave them red cards for yeah. arguing about various things which we'll uh, come on to again in a minute so i'm just going to go through the charge sheet here so yeah. the, most of his uh, misdemeanors came in the second half uh worcester captain ellis Dini, uh gave away a free kick on the edge of the box in about the 56th minute which already looked pretty suspect but that's that's by the by um, Darren took his time about booking Dini, and while he was doing that, he kept forcing the Worcester wall back. Um, and during all that time, uh, Nuneaton placed the ball like yards back from where the foul took place, so they had a better like, so it wasn't they could make it sort of dip a bit, so it wasn't so close, yeah. so they could curve over the wall. And uh, while the ref was stood in front of the wall, so the players couldn't really do anything, they took the shot before he blew the whistle. And it hit a Worcester player's arm. And despite that, it wasn't technically in play because he hadn't blown a whistle and he was impeding them, setting the wall up. Um, he gave away a penalty for that. Uh, which I is mean, a spectacular loss of control. And <laughs> he, Yeah, I just don't think he realised his own power of the whistle. <laughs> Surely it's like... Surely you get the whistle explained to you as one of the first things. I would have thought so. I just imagine he's the sort of guy who would probably also book a player who, when he blows up for a free kick, when the player picks the ball up to set up for the free kick... <laughs> oh, handball. The handball. It was just absolute lunacy. I, I don't think anyone who has ever watched a football match would have made that decision. Yeah, as I say, this, was, this is really during my early days of watching lots of football and even I was like pretty sure that's not the rural guy <laughs> yeah there was... so he went on then to book Dion Burton uh, for complaining about the lack of action taken after Daniel Nittai probably not saying that right sorry was pushed off the ball which was pretty obvious to everyone in the stadium based on the crowd reaction 
apart from the officials. And then um, Sean Guides uh, was shown a straight red for descent just to top off Worcester's afternoon. So they're down to 10 men already. And they've yeah. had a penalty given against them that technically wasn't in play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the whole afternoon eventually just revolved around that. There was a few things in the first half. I seem to remember there was a guy, a really angry guy, sat behind us, mm. and I managed to get um, a picture because I was trying to get a picture of him to show how angry he was. And the picture I took makes him look like he was my second head on my shoulder. I but, think I'm looking at it now. Yeah, he was a particularly angry man. And at the start, maybe like ten minutes in, we were like. God, this guy's angry. But by the end, I think we were actually stood up in front yeah, of him, like, shouting, weren't we? I've written, I've written him in blog here, which I'm just referring back to. It's actually quite fun as a neutral to see a referee just completely lose control of a game. But um, by yeah. the end of it, we were, we were all the anger had spread. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's the only game to this date that I've stayed at the end to boo the referee off. Yeah, which. Re- <sighs> On reflection, was probably a bit of a dick move, of, but it was like a proper like North Korean shame session, wasn't it? Because everyone it just kind of went yeah. round the barriers to the tunnel. It was, was deserved, like, though. Yeah. It was deserved. It, it, it was the football equivalent of witnessing a murder. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna put the cherry on the top now because uh, there was another incident where Worcester had a free kick in a pretty good attacking position, but. Um, Every time they had something like that, that that's when Darren actually did find his whistle, and then would like stop would stop them taking a quick free kick and taking advantage. <laughs> uh, so they had a free kick in the attacking position, but it came to nothing because they couldn't take it quickly. So during during this free kick, uh, Alex Good just slipped over in the box or possibly dived, um, and an uneaten defender got up in his face, which resulted in him being sent off. So at least there was a bit of um, a bit of balance there, but the ball was still in play at the time of his sending off. <laughs> and so obviously the Worcester City players appealed for a penalty, which wasn't given. Now, to my to my mind and knowledge, if a player is sent off the pitch for a foul in the box, that's a penalty. Yeah, it, isn't it? It certainly is. I mean, the one thing you haven't mentioned, which we cannot confirm or deny seeing, but I think Mm. we did see it, was um, at the time where he tried to pull his whistle out of his pocket, he actually pulled out uh, a roll of £20 notes, which just happened to uh, fall onto the pitch. Um, And he quickly grabbed those, and I think that actually distracted him. Mm. It was... was, if If someone had taken a bum... I'm not saying that Darren Stone did. That is how you would referee a game. <laughs> I mean, is it is it is it a penalty regardless of what happens if there's a foul in the box? Because it might have been an off the ball incident. I don't know. Has it got to be like impeding the? Well, I think the only exceptions really are things like the pass back, mm. um, and technically it's not a foul. But I did recently come across a few examples of where players have scored goals that have been deemed unsportsmanly and been booked for. Huh? Like, you know, the classic when you were a kid and you'd like roll it up to the line, jump on the floor and header it in. Apparently that's a bookable offence. Really? <laughs> that's think, a shame. I, th- 
Well, the thing I think is if, if you've got the time to do that, Christ, I'd be knocking one in with my anus just to confuse the statisticians. <laughs> you know where the guy scored one was one was right, one was left. The perfect hat trick has to be yeah. one with the anus, surely. There's the perfect hat trick, and then there's the dirty hat trick, which is one with the bell and one with the anus and form of the tongue. <laughs> okay. Dirty hat trick. Let's uh, let's try and wrestle this back into a <laughs> respectable conversation. Um, do you want to mention Lee Hughes and Marlon Harewood? Well, that's the other thing. The the program, this was back in the day when we were proper nerds and got programs for everything. They mm. they had some absolute legends on the team sheets. Uh, amongst uh, the two you've just mentioned, Marlon Harewood was a sub, obviously. And just seeing him warming up, who just previously, about six, seven years ago, had actually scored um, a hat-trick on his debut for Blackpool in the Premier League. And now he's a sub in the Conference North. Um, that was a bit of a bit of a trippy moment uh, in terms of seeing a decline of a player. But Dion Burton, who in 1998 represented Jamaica at the only World Cup they've qualified for. Uh, there's you being nerdy about Jamaica again. Oh, I mean, just to see him there. I remember you. I remember legend. you remarking that. Um... He, you obviously can't take the Premier League out of the player because he entered the pitch and did the sort of uh, crucifix, kiss fingers, point to the sky move as he came on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I remember that was such a popular thing. I don't see it so much anymore. But then again, I don't watch so many um, live Premier League games now. But I wonder if they still do that. Oh, I'm sure they do. It's probably been stands uh, Also, former Kidderminster Harriers and West Bromwich Albion legend and all-around terrible human being, Lee Hughes. Yeah. I mean, again, good name for the team sheet, but compared to Harewood and Burton, yeah, he's, he's class below, really. He was part of um, that Forest Green Rovers lineup that had, like, three ex-cons in it. Wow. Including, I think, uh, Dave Pipe, who challenged a Rovers fan to a fist fight in the car park. Did he turn up and beat him up with a pipe. Ha 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 ha. There we got the nickname. Yeah. His real name is Dave Sanchez. <laughs> Why do they call you Dave Pipe? Boing! <laughs> <laughs> that was a great noise. I hope it translates on the uh, recording. Right, do we want to say anything else? No, nah, I think wrap it up because um, like with a few of these recent sort of early ventures, um, we didn't actually visit any pubs on the way. Uh, you were still what's, doing what's your, the point. You were still doing your magical stoptober. Um, other sort of minor, minor highlights. I remember getting stuck in traffic and spending about five minutes staring at the Walsall ground, thinking, oh, yeah. that looks quite good. Um, and uh, I had a couple of spring rolls to eat in the car. Apart from that, it was um, sounds good. Good old trip. Definitely would recommend it to um, anyone who's never been, but mm. it depends for me if they're gonna get the uh, the old pie shop back up and running. Yeah, first investigate the food situation and then go to Agra because it's pretty good. 
Yeah, and to be fair, at the time, living in Stoke, I mean, it, we only really went because it was handy because it was practically on your way. Yeah, yeah halfway back for me, really. It was halfway back, but for me, in my early days, it was probably one of my sort of further ventures because when you're new to ground hopping, like, like we said in the last one, the whole world's kind of there for the taking, really. And when you live in the Midlands, you can do about 100 grounds within like half an hour of where you live. But we sort of took the um, initiative to do a bit of an extra, extra few miles on that one. And it was definitely worth it. Indeed. Right. I've already prepared a joke. Do it. I say, I say, I say, Daz. Go on then. What did the Pink Panther say when he stepped on an ant? Red card, not in the box. No. Dead ant. 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 I was kind of hoping we could leave that bit so then you could just end with an outro of the song. Bye. <laughs> A football, everybody's doing it, everybody's playing it, ain't you heard it? Football, everybody's doing it, everybody's saying it, football's a word. There was a player, he scored a goal, and everybody cheered the goal. Another time, player got fouled, and everybody booed very loud of the football. Everybody's hoping and everybody's praying their time will win. Football, everybody's raving and now they're misbehaving, cause football has got them in a spin. Send that punk off the pitch, bitch. <laughs> Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.